Hi, welcome to Earthmakers, Sacred Stories and Queer Spaces. My name is Joey Bear, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. I'm the grateful creator and host of this podcast. Take a deep breath. Settle in. This story is for you. I remember when I was a kid in upstate New York, I loved spending time with my grandmother. She is my paternal grandmother, and the four of us siblings spent a lot of time with Grandma. She lived 10 minutes down the road from us. She was very involved in our lives and in our development as people. She's very sweet, very caring, very compassionate, very hardworking, and very interested in the people around her, especially the people she loves and cherishes, like her grandchildren. As a committed evangelical Christian, I know that my grandma spends every night praying for us by name. Some people tell you that they'll pray for you. When my grandma says it, she means it. I know she means it. Grandma is an amazing cook, and she cooks a lot less these days. Her husband, my grandfather, passed away in 2013, and and because of that, she just doesn't really do the cooking as much anymore. And as someone who's lived alone multiple times, I can say... It just changes things when you don't have someone else to cook for or cook with. Grandma was an expert at cooking a lot of things. There were traditional holiday foods that she would make. For example, her hot roast beef sandwiches on Christmas Eve. Every Christmas Eve, hot roast beef sandwiches. Just delectable every time. But the thing I remember my grandmother the most for, as far as food goes, is her grilled cheese and tomato soup. Now, you may think, well, that's super simple to make. And truly, it is. It is pretty simple to make. But those who have made enough grilled cheese sandwiches on the stovetop know that oftentimes it's hard to get the right balance. You can either uh, burn the bread or not toast it enough. And 
it's easy to do either. And grandma made, as my mom has often commented, the perfect grilled cheese sandwich. I don't know how she did it. I don't know how she does it. But my goodness, the perfect golden edges, the perfect amount of toasting, the cheese was perfectly melted, and then there was the tomato soup. And she knew that having a grilled cheese sandwich without a piping hot bowl of tomato soup was like asking someone to eat a sleeve of Oreos without some kind of milk to go along with it. Or to have a peanut butter sandwich without jam or jelly. It just isn't done that way. At least not well. Grilled cheese and tomato soup has become a comfort food for me, and it's certainly a comfort food for a lot of people in our culture. And there's something really profound about comfort food. I think it goes beyond just feeling good when you're eating something. Comfort food is a cultural thing. In fact, in the upper Midwest, where I live now, there is a tradition called hygge, in English lettering spelled H-Y-G-G-E. And hygge is the celebration and culture of comfort. But it's actually like a thing out here, and it comes from Scandinavian tradition. Hygge uh, forces emphasis, or maybe requires or invites emphasis on the things that bring us comfort, seeing comfort as a tool for connection. Now, we know here at Earthmakers that connection is what spirituality is. It's what it's all about. So, Huga uses comfort as a way to reinforce and strengthen the connection to self, to other beings, and potentially, depending on what you believe, to some kind of higher power. I've read quite a bit, quite extensively, about Huga in the Scandinavian culture since moving to Minnesota. And I can say I am really moved and blown away by this practice. My grandmother um, comes from an off-the-boat Swedish family. Her maiden name is Benson. And Grandma carries that Swedish energy with her, certainly. And even though I grew up in upstate New York, which is largely German and Irish, 
There was an emphasis on Huga in the way she lived her life and in the way she practiced her faith in Jesus Christ. Interesting to me, then, to consider comfort to be a spiritual matter. In the Abrahamic sacred texts, even, there are references to comfort. The God of the Jewish and Christian traditions commands, doesn't invite, but commands comfort. Comfort, comfort my people. So in this regard, my memories of grilled cheese and tomato soup, well, that's just kind of powerful spiritual shit (laughs) in a way, you know? I want you to take a moment, just take a deep breath in, hold for four, three, two, exhale, two, three. Breathe in again, four, three, two, one. Exhale, two, three, four. And think for a moment. Picture, visualize in your mind's eye the comfort foods of your life of your childhood, of your present. What are they? What are these comfort foods? Let's not talk about the fat or sugar content. Let's not judge the food as good or bad. It's just food. It's just food. There's no need to judge it. What are the comfort foods of your memory? Can you smell it? Can you see it? How about taste? Can you remember the taste, the texture? Can you remember all of that? It's good, right? It's good. I have loved grilled cheese and tomato soup ever since because of my grandma. Maybe you have a connection like that, too. And as I began to age and experience different life events, I developed a series of food allergies, namely an allergy to gluten and dairy, the prime components (laughs) of a grilled cheese sandwich. So, as easily as I settled into the comfort of grilled cheese and tomato soup, I was then thrust out of that comfort. I no longer can just sit down and enjoy grandma's grilled cheese and tomato soup as I used to. Now, there's gluten-free breads and organic sourdough breads, and there's 
dairy-free cheese and butter that I can use, certainly, but it's not the same. Something's off. And the memory stored in my mind and body tells me this isn't quite right. And over the years as well, my mind and body have told me that it's okay for it to not be quite right. It's okay for it to change. Impermanence is the only fixed reality. Change is the only concrete real that we engage with in this lifetime. Nothing, and I mean nothing, lasts. When I resigned from my most recent full-time job, it did not end well. It was a sad resignation experience. And staff were required to pack up my office and ship me my office supplies, which was very kind of them. But as I began to open the boxes they had shipped to me, I noticed that a bunch of my keepsakes, my special memories, my special items, like my Buddha statue or my Baphomet statue, a gift from my brother, were smashed into bits. A mug celebrating my transition to she, her from my dear friends Heather and Natalie had been smashed as well. There's all kinds of assumptions we can make about why this happened, but that aside, I found myself deeply saddened and yet anchored to something that helped me mindfully process and cope with this loss of these special sacred items. They weren't going to last anyway. They were supposed to go at some time. And this is the case for all things, even the things that bring us the most comfort. I have a list of things that bring me comfort. They're special to me. And as I lean more and more into my authentic understanding of myself, I start to see all the ways in which these things promote who Joey is. But when we think there's something that informs our identity, it's super easy to just become glued to that thing, like a parasite sucking for life. What if that thing goes away? Maybe we're learning not to find our life source in temporary things. Maybe there's wisdom there. The last time I saw my grandmother in person, she's in her 90s now, I traveled home 
at the end of 2021 for to celebrate Christmas and Yule with my family of origin. And I hadn't seen any of them in person since I started transitioning. And it was an interesting event, for sure. <laughs> there were wonderful moments and not so wonderful moments. But the thing that continues to stand out to me is that my grandmother, one of my dearest loved ones, family members and friends, looked at me like I had three heads. Tied to her evangelical Christian values, she was troubled by her grandchild standing before her in a dress and makeup. But she continued to just do her thing. And she avoided, she avoided eye contact as much as possible. And that troubles me too, because there's something super comforting about my relationship with my grandmother. And the truth of the matter is that relationship has been altered. The relationship still exists, certainly, but it will never be the same. And she's getting older. And who knows how much time I have left with her. And this is not to throw my grandmother under the bus in any way, but rather to say, just like the comfort of grilled cheese and tomato soup has been taken from me through the reality of impermanence, so too has the comfort of my relationship with my grandmother. These things go hand in hand for me. Grandma made the sandwiches and soup. And so for me, this comfort food embodies something bigger than just food. Comfort, comfort my people. And the question mark that hangs over all of this, of course, is what happens when the comfort or the source of comfort is gone or changes? What do we do next?